Awkward family, it is that time of the week. The Awkward Podcast is up and out. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be another good one. I'm pretty excited. So this week we have uh, two beautiful people. One you have heard of uh, prior um, in another episode, Sean and his daughter Ashley having a conversation about fathers and daughters. This week it is Sean because I just can't get enough of Sean Burrow. Um, Sean and Emily, Emily, his wife. And we have a great conversation about the amazing work that they are doing in the counseling therapy, marriage, family counseling world, um, but also just some new undertakings that they are uh, in the middle of, along with all of their counseling practice, just a new venture that they're into that I believe would be very beneficial for folks to hear and possibly look at um, um, engaging in from uh, maybe your local church or organization. So let's get straight into that. Hello, Sean. Hey, Emily. Welcome. It's going to get awkward. I'm ready. Yep. Emily, you're in. I'm ready. Sean's ready. Okay. Then we're in. Um, thank you guys for doing this. So a few episodes back, we heard from Sean. So everybody knows Sean already, but they don't know Emily, which is, hey, so also you're the first guy, first person to have done it twice in a different episode that has a different kind of topic. So all right, well done on that. Emily, where were you born? I was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The city of brotherly loves, a Philly gal. Yes. So you have a first too, the first Philly gal on the <laughs> podcast. Why were you all in Philly? Why was your family? So my dad was in the Marines, and so I was born in a Navy hospital there when my oh. dad was stationed. I had no idea that, in that one, area of the country. your brothers left out too, that your dad was in the Marines. Mm-hmm. He's Hispanic and in the Marines. I'm just kidding. That's a joke, a family <laughs> joke. So, okay. So um, how long were we all in, in Philadelphia? Okay. So I believe we were in Philadelphia for a couple of years. We moved to Alaska after that. And my sister was born in Alaska. And we lived in Anchorage. And then after that, we moved like to- Like to Alaska because of the military? No. Oh. He was out of the military okay. at that point, And he moved in and was working for- um, Atlantic Richfield, I believe. Okay. I can't remember. Anyway, um, we lived in Alaska, and that's where my sister was born. And then we moved to Plano, Texas, okay. and that's where my brother was born in Plano. That's when the family came to Texas. Yeah, and that was all before I was in kindergarten. So, well, I spent half of kindergarten in Texas, and then we moved to Colorado, okay. and I spent the from there on, that's where I grew up was Colorado. Okay. Colorado people. Mm -hmm. So 
then went to college. Went to college at Abilene Christian at Abilene University. Abilene Christian, mm-hmm. go Wildcats. Yes, yes, and so and that's where Sean and I met. And um, but I did not finish school at ECU, so we got married. Let's talk about the dating between. What 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 was the appeal? What was the allure <laughs> to Sean Burrow? So it's actually dating somebody else. Yes, this when... is the meat that I want to get into. Here. This is what it's all about. Yeah, I was actually dating somebody else when Sean and I started to become friends, and um, so but I knew about Sean, and he had a good friend from his hometown that lived down the hall from me. And she always told me, she said, if you and Sean met, you would get married. Like, I know you would. Whoa. And I was like, wow, I've got to meet this person that you think that I would really be compatible with. And so we actually went out on, a, this was after, he he actually helped me break up with the guy. That's right. <laughs> we were friends. and um, We have similar stories then. This yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah. So he worked down in the bowling alley at ECU. And I got um, my friends and I, we started studying down there Mm. and um, spending time down there. And so we would study. We studied. It took him a little bit to recognize that I was studying during his work shift. A lot um, during his work shift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so. Very convenient. (laughs) He came over to me, to our table of girls, and he said, "Um, what do you think about James 3? And I was like, bro, that's a, well, I I was doing a (laughs) right classic. Speaking of (laughs) Fonz, that's right. Arthur Fonz are really pickup line 101. (laughs) Well, obviously I'm really slick on that, but uh, I was doing a youth internship and I was actually preparing a lesson on James chapter three. And and so I was like, hey, I'm just going to go over, you know, this is one of these tests, little tests. And so I said, hey, what do you what do you think about James chapter three? Well, she didn't even read it. And she was like, you know, the part that I really love about James chapter three is, and she goes into just this explanation. I said, I really like this girl. Whoa. Yeah. So she responded to the call. She, it she, was call and response it. real quick. I had to actually <clears throat> stop her, interrupt her. And say, actually, the reason why I came over was to ask you out. So I had to stop her theological explanations of James chapter 3 in order to ask her out. So that's actually how that went. Whoa. I am so glad I asked. This is, that's one of the (laughs) best, that is the, the best pickup line I've ever heard too. But also, so, okay. So had y'all even met at that point? Yes, we had okay. met because we did have a mutual friend. Okay. We had a mutual friend. So you had friend. met a few times, and then you were like, why does she keep studying down here in the mm-hmm. bowling alley? Mm-hmm. You know what? I've got a question for you. Right, because we were in two totally different majors. We were, okay. So so I am a math major, okay. So and Sean... All you children does, math stuff. Yeah, Sean does on? not like math. That's why I'm It's not math. his love language, yeah. yeah. So. Okay. So the courtship begins, then you get married. Were y'all uh, married in college people? We were married in college. And it was actually really interesting because we started dating um, in October. I left for England in January on a study abroad trip okay, with ACU. And I was in England from January to like early May, maybe. 
we got engaged in July and we got married the next January. So we had like a five month engagement and we had a a pretty short dating time. And then part of that, most of that, I was in England actually. Mm -hmm. So we wrote letters back and forth. I mean, back then we didn't have cell phones. There was barely internet. And, and so we, we exchanged letters back and forth. We wrote each other. She wrote me every single day while she was over there. Mm-hmm. I wrote while she was over there. <laughs> but she wrote every single day. Isn't that amazing? That Did you keep them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we have a whole box. Sure did. We have a box. That is, that's priceless, really. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about it. Yeah. Man, okay. So we're, Yeah. that's pretty... That's romantic. Yes. I was sold out the the first date that we had. I came home. I called my mom, which, you know, that was in Colorado. So I had to pay long distance charges. Oh, yeah. All that. And so um, called my mom and then said, this is who, this is it. This is who I'm going to marry. And she's like, what? You just met him. Like, this is the first day. I was like, I know. But like, this is my life. This is what I'm I'm going to do this. So about three weeks later. My parents actually drove from Colorado to Abilene to come and meet him. They were, because my mom was like, this, she never does this. What is this? And so they, they came to come and meet him and just hang out with them. And we weren't even really super seriously dating at that point, but they came and met him. So anyway. That's good stuff. Yeah, he's he's he was a good guy. <clears throat> he was the he was the winner. Yep. So we get married, mm-hmm. and then are still in school. And then we graduate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sean Mad graduates. Graduates. Yeah. Sean yeah. graduates, and we leave. Mm-hmm. Youth and family. So I'm right? I'm one year older. So yeah, okay. I, I finished with my Bible degree, emphasis yep. in youth and family ministry. Okay. And then we graduate, and then head straight to Boulder, Colorado. Okay. Start youth ministry. And you're going to finish up theirs. And then I finish okay. in Colorado. Yeah. yeah. So I transferred as a senior, transferred to Colorado. And that took me much longer because I lost a lot of hours coming from ACU. Right. But yeah. And so, I mean, we'll have to get back into your story a little bit there. So y'all stay in Boulder in youth ministry for how long? About five and a half years. Okay. And then we go to... Where? Yeah, so back actually back to Abilene. So if you can imagine, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. we're we're watching, <clears throat> looking at the uh, the flat irons in Boulder, Colorado. Beautiful, God created nature, and then we go to Abilene, back to mm-hmm. Abilene, and so you have to love Abilene because of the people, because that's, right. that's about There's all there is. Nothing else to right? look at. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so we came to this place where um, a lot of situations were coming up, and and didn't feel like I had the tools. Um, so then we, we heard about this field of marriage and family therapy, actually never heard about that prior to that point of mm-hmm. someone saying, Hey, have you ever considered this? And I said, no, started looking into it. It really seemed like it opened the door, uh, for where we, who we are and, and what we wanted to do. So we, we packed, sold our house, sold our house. It's in, in, and it sold in 10 days. But part of the stipulation was you got to be out of here by the end of the month. So we had two children at that point. We had a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And we packed like crazy. And we said, okay, we're out. We just felt like that was an open door. That God had opened that door for us. And the house sold really quickly. 
So we moved to Abilene. Yes, we did. It was a, a big culture shock. Because you go from having a job right. to student life. And with two kids. With two with kids. two kids. <laughs> All right. So, but you're just momming. I'm just momming at yeah. this point. Yep. I'm just okay. hanging out with the so kids. We, and we just make the transfer for Sean to go back to school. So mm-hmm. you get your master's there. Mm-hmm. And then... What transpires then? So we kind of hit that spot where, uh, what, where do we want to go from here? Do okay. we want to continue on with the education, um, or do we want to go into private practice, right? Okay. Or even go back into ministry. That was what we thought originally, sure. um, back into youth ministry. And so, but God had again different plans. So we looked at each other and then we said, "It's either now or never." So we uh, went over to Denton. Uh, okay, Texas, yep. and, and started the PhD program. There. Okay, mm-hmm. so Whoa. we lived in uh, Denton, uh, Texas, for about two years. We lived in married student housing. Well, it was family housing. Family housing. Yeah, uh, we lived on the third floor, and um, it was you know we thought that Abilene was really difficult. Denton was even more challenging. You know, walking. I, I had two little kids. We had, uh, at this point, we had what? They were like four and two and a newborn. So at this point, oh, we had man. three children. We lived in 900 square feet, in, and we had a little three-bedroom apartment on the third floor. We we joke around that um, our we bought a deep freeze because the fridge was so small that it couldn't hold the amount of food that we needed. And the deep freeze was our side table in our bedroom. So we had a deep freeze, which we locked because, you know, we have these little tiny children. So we locked the deep freeze. It's our side table. We put a nice little table little cup, a little yeah. tablecloth on it and we put a lamp on it and it, we're good to go. Um, we <laughs> could you is. couldn't have a Christmas tree because the lights were a fire hazard there. And so I remember we um, we had a plastic. We got a shower curtain. We didn't have any money, hardly. We got a shower curtain and drew a Christmas tree on it, and we had a little activity with our kids and painted ornaments on it. And uh, it was, we were all in. We were all in with, this is what God has planned for us, and this is this is how we're going to live through that. Um, anyway, we have, a, we have a bowling pin that we still have today. We've been carrying around for 20-odd years um, that we got. When Sean went back to school in the Masters in Abilene, um, what kind of job do you have? You you have two kids at this point. What kind of job do you have yeah. where you can go to school and see clients to start right. to learn this new trade? Right. And wait, we need money to live, though. So I went and taught um, at the junior college. I taught math classes at okay. Cisco Junior College. Yeah. And I would teach at nights. And Sean, it, it was a very humbling time. He He went back and he took his old job at the bowling alley. <gasps> no. Yeah, at this point, how old were you? You were what, 28? Late, late 20s. 29. He went and sprayed shoes at the bowling alley. He also, um, he would get up at three in the morning and he would go and sta- stock the bread shelves. You wonder how like bread gets on there? Yeah. He knows how. <laughs> you never buy bread off the bottom shelf, ever. Okay. Don't ever do that. Really <laughs> yeah. And always Where check the expiration dates. <clears throat> Where'd you do that at? Which store? Yeah. I think it was United. Okay. Mm-hmm. If I remember right. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, if that's not in ministry hardcore story right there. Yeah. 
Which, which of course, that takes Christmas somebody. Tree curtains. <laughs> yeah, and and that takes somebody that's that's all in. Oh, for sure. Right. That and, speaks. I mean, she uh, Emily sacrificed Mountains. so much, and um, knowing that where we were going and keeping the eye, yeah. you know, our eyes on the prize, because that's the only thing. One of her phrases that we, um, I don't know if you got it from somewhere, well, but no, we, we adopted it. We can do anything for a little while. Mm. And, and we, a little while was a little bit longer than we thought, but, um, man, she was all in. We were yeah. all in. So, so we got this bowling pin from the bowling alley down at ECU. It's, it's probably like, it's probably worth money now because the ECU bowling alley is closed. Right. It's, it's like vintage. Right. And we wrote on it. It was a, a really hard time, a hard night one night. And we got the bowling pin and this bowling pin is, it sits in the middle of our table sometimes. It sits, right now it's by our front door and it has a Zachariah four on it. And mm-hmm. it says, do not despise meager beginnings. And it talks about like, Hey, this is a meager beginning, but we have a goal in mind. So it was like our Ebenezer. This was the thing to tell our kids, Hey, this is why we're living like this. This is why we're doing this. This is God's purpose for us. And we're going to study the course. We're going to, we're going to move forward. And when we get down, we're going to look at our bowling pin. <laughs> we're going to cry a little bit. And then we're just going to keep on going. Cause you can do anything for a little while. I don't know how you're getting through this story without crying. Like that is, that is a precious story. It's, it, it was really meaningful. And all of our kids, if you ask any of our kids, they, they know, know about the bowling yeah. pin. It was, it was something oh, you just had to do. Man, that's so good. But. It, it was it was a good time. It's a sweet time looking back on it. Yeah, and uh, that's the other part. Like you know, here we are in our late forties, fifty, and you look back at those times, and they are sweet. They are, and they look like some of the hardest things you've ever gone through. And how am I going to get out? And you look back, and you're like, life was easy. I mean, it it wasn't, but then it was. There's just that sweetness that. You can look back on those times, and that's why I can even get emotional just listening to your story because we all have those sweet times that you can yeah. go back to, and it seems so hard, but it was if we'd have just known how sweet those moments were too. But you guys kind of did because you have your bowling pin, and we got our bowling took pin. some Ebenezer's right. from those moments, <laughs> right? That's right. Hey. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yep. I love that. Yep. Man, I'm glad we went down that went down that rabbit hole. Yeah. So during that time, Sean had to study all the time. Right. That's what he did. He studied all the time. And so that was part of, and we didn't know God was planning this at this time, but that was part of our journey was, I said, okay, like, give me one of the books and I can like read it. So then I can Whoa. quiz you or I can, yeah. I can do something. At least I'm going to know what you're talking about so that when you need someone to bounce ideas off, I mean, he's not a, he's not a college student. We're in our late twenties at this time. We have yeah. kids. we got to yeah. put people to bed. So it's not like he could meet for study groups. And so I was like, I'll be your study group. You know, let me just, let me read some of the books that you've already read. Maybe I can like get caught up to you. And so I started reading all these therapy books, not knowing that later on down the line that God had a purpose for that too. And and just a side note on that, it, it was really, once again, it, it takes, it takes two, you know, when you go through and you make decisions as a married couple, it takes both to be all in. And so you know, part of that, and as we reflect on that, for us, it's a totally, you know, going into marriage and family therapy is a completely different language. Mm. Your terminology, I mean, unless you know some of those terms and, you know, um, you don't know what you're, what the other person is talking about. So she would, she'd grab a book. And of course I would reflect on something saying, sometimes I go, 
I just read this. Are you sure we're, you, you and I are okay? <laughs> She's like, listen, we're fine. Keep going, keep yeah. reading, you know, but, but there was a lot of just self-reflection, yeah. you know, in that whole process. But she, uh, she would read a book and then, so we would have the same language terminology to be able to process not only emotions, but our relationship, uh, but just education, right. Our, our, the act, academic part of our relationship because you're even though i'm in the classes we are going through the academic career together yeah mm -hmm. so she she stepped up and well she did it, that let's be honest you got to be wired that way too to be yep. able to endure so that's right hats off to be i mean to endure that kind of stuff make big significant changes and then go from Hey man, kind of, I mean, I know youth ministry isn't some lavish lifestyle, but it's something. And you got people that are all over two back to, Hey, we're going to have to draw our Christmas tree on a, <laughs> you know, on, on this thing. And yeah. and yeah, our side tables now are freezer because our fridge isn't big enough. And yep. that that's different wiring. Yeah. We, we used to play this game. We still play the game. We, we played this game where, because we didn't have a lot of money for Christmas gifts. And so we would, we, we started saying, okay, you get three gifts. Jesus got three gifts. You get three gifts. And then we, we did it like an Easter egg hunt. So we would hide them because it, it like prolonged the, the fun yeah. of Christmas. Right. Like you only get these three little gifts, but you got to find them. Mm. And so we still do that today with our kids. And people are like, why? Wait. Is this Easter or is this Christmas? What are what are we hunting? But oh, you're hunting for Christmas gifts. Still. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's actually one time kind of a funny side story to this because we've done it every year since. And um, we started smelling something. <laughs> you know, we were prepping for, for breakfast and oh, we started no. smelling something. And then Emily goes, Oh, I forgot I put one of the presents in the oven. So we were uh, we were cooking one of the presents you know, <laughs> oh. one year. But we forgot that we put it in the oven. I thought it was like something had started turning. Oh, we hid that like three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. So where did we have that? Okay. Um, okay. So you graduate, you start getting your doctorate mm -hmm. at Denton mm -hmm. and finish that. Finish that. So we moved to Plano. And, okay. Um, and so I was working for actually a, a chiropractic guy, uh, college down there. So I contracted with them. They were looking for somebody to come in and work with their couples. So oh, I did okay. that, okay. um, as well as opened up a private practice in flower pound, um, with actually one of my old, old professors, um, Dr. Peter Bradley, which was one of my mentors. And, uh, one of the big reasons I, I do what I do working with churches is heavily influenced by him. Wow. And so he was an ACU guy. He he was at ACU okay. half the time. Then he actually went to Denton. Okay, that's one of the major reasons I went. You went to up Denton. there. Got it. Mm -hmm. Got it. And so uh, yeah, we we spent another couple of years in Plano, Plano. and doing the building up private practice and um, working for the chiropractic college, and so just working with couples and then. And then we start receiving this call. So I'm going to just stop. On, so on the chiropractic college, working with students that were in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, work, working with married students. Got it. That yeah. is interesting that they would, or I guess that's really good insight to say, hey, we're going to have a counselor on right. site or, you know, whatever to mm -hmm. just be able to 
just work with married wow. married or and and I worked with others that you know sure. depression anxiety and the and the normal Interesting. pieces but they wanted to find a marriage and family therapist huh. to come and just work with their married students so when does it fi- so Emily, when when does it finally bug bite you and you're like I think I'm going to do this okay so we had when we came to we moved to college station so we got a call saying, hey, there's this job opening in College Station. I don't know how... We, we said no at first. Actually, we said no twice. And um, and so after the second We were really time, happy in Plano. We were, we were doing good. Around family, my, my parents, her parents, all everybody was in Plano. So it was a real, real good situation for having young kids around family. And so... But then after the second call, second time that, that we said no, probably two, three months after that, God kept putting it on, on our hearts. Uh, to back up just a moment, um, a church here in College Station um, actually uh, is looking for a counselor, uh, a counseling okay. min- minister. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so um, they got my name from from somewhere and so started started calling because they wanted somebody with ministry background as well as well as a uh, um, degree in counseling and, and able to to open up a clinic that was one of their okay uh, the hearts of mm. the the shepherds at the A&M church and so uh, it was so after a while um, after the second time couple three months after that I called back um, the guy that called us and I said, you know, I'm actually interested. Uh, we're actually, we want to come down and, and just check it out. And so we came down a couple, couple different times and, and, um, one, one of the special unique parts about it is the, this, the A&M church and the elders wanted to have somebody come in and start a, a counseling center that was not only for their people, but for the community. Mm. which is a very yeah. unique right. um, uh, calling. And so that that's without a doubt, Emily and I, if, if we were to ever work with a church and open up a counseling center, which was most definitely part of uh, our conversations prior to that point, is it had to be for the community. It had to be not only for our people, but for those people that we live around. And, and so the uh, healthier that we can become as a community, the better yeah. we are. So. Yeah. That really matched, um, and so in 2010 we moved to College Station, where we get to hang out with Aggies all the time. All the time. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to back up to the Plano Chiropractic Clinic, and still, like in that time frame, are you like casting vision about like here's where I want to be, like like what you kind of wanted and. Is that where that kind of came from? Is I I know that I want a private practice probably, mm-hmm. and I want that to be associated with the church. Well, I, I or think was that, it, was I, that kind of unheard of, and you were like, I don't know if it'll be that. But well, well there are a few that that have done that in the past. Okay, and um, actually, my mentor, he you know he did that uh, a couple of different times throughout his career. So okay. that, that's, it was always kind of, a wasn't like unheard of. It wasn't unheard of. So, but we were really just spending time building up the private practice okay. and that, that was our current focus. 
um, un- until, I mean, until those until couple call. phone calls. Okay. And, and then that, because ministry has always been part of our, our heart. Yeah. And, and, and we love, we love working in ministry. You love that part. And so that was what I would say probably without knowing it, that was something that was missing in, in my life. And, and mm. so I think that was a, you know, a, a sweet calling from the Lord. Yeah. Uh, whatever those actual two, two phone calls. Answering that there. desire of your heart to do ministry too. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you make the move. Yeah. So we moved down here and, and when we moved down here, we had a 10 year plan. And so our 10 year plan was we will stay here for 10 years. Oh, Y'all's plan, not like mm-hmm. the church. Right. No. Right. Okay. Right. The Sean Emily okay. plan okay. was we will commit to like, we're going to do this work for 10 years. Okay. At the end of 10 years, by the end of 10 years, I will be licensed. That was, that was our plan because okay. at this point we had another child. So we have four children. Right. And so when we moved to College Station, she was 18 months old. She was 18 months old. And so we said, okay. I, at this point, I'm not wanting to go back to school. I'm I'm just loving being at home yeah. with the kids and being a mom. And um, so we said, okay, we're going to give it 10 years. And then by the end of 10 years, I'm going to be done with school. I'm going to have a license and I'm going to be, I'm going to be seeing people. I'm going to be seeing clients. Like that's our plan. Okay. And so we have this time period to do that. So we kind of put that plan on hold for about what, five, five-ish years. And then I went back to school um, around year six ish or so and went back to school and started down that road. It was, which was great because I'd already read most of the books that were on the list to read. I was like, we have that book. It's in, yeah, it's in our room. I already read that book. (laughs) And so it made it really workable for us because, you know, previous when Sean was in school, we'd had all these like meaningful discussions about all this work. And so the vocabulary was super familiar to me. I already knew the authors when, when they were talking about things in class discussions, I had things to say without having to put quite as much time as like starting something cold. Cause I have a math degree, my undergrads in mathematics. Um, and so those don't really go to, yeah. you know, I, I had never had a psychology class prior to that. So all this reading that I had done when Sean was in his grad programs really started to pay off. It's like God was planting those little seeds early on so that when I went into the grad program, it, it, it wasn't terrible because we still had kids at school. And so when, when did you really go, I think I'm going to go back to school and do this too. Was it before y'all moved here? No, it was, it was when we, like when we first moved here, because part of what we did was we started doing marriage retreats together. We started Mm -hmm. speaking together. We started teaching classes together and that's when we went, oh, okay, wait, maybe this is the plan. Maybe this is what my next step is going to be, is going to be to go into therapy because I, I can't, I've, I've hit a, I've hit a ceiling. I can't do any more without getting a license. And so that's, that's when that dream really started to come hmm. into light and, and be more of a reality. And the kids were getting bigger at this point. And so, so that's when I went back to school. To mm-hmm. A little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, even when you went to grad school, you did, had to do some leveler courses too, cause you never had, no, just went straight. I just went straight into grad school. Wow. I, um, I, I remember talking to the recruiter and he was like, yeah, we're a little confused. Like 
the math degree? Can you tell me more about why you want to do this? And so I just started sharing our story. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. Now I, now I see the vision. And he's like, let's, let's push you along to the next part. Let's push you along to the next part. And so, yeah. So, so where did you get your master's? At, I got it at ACU. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yep. I did the ACU program and, um, yeah. Here. Here. So I did it. On, they have an online campus oh, in Dallas. Wow. And so I did it here. Got it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, well, that makes it really yeah. easy too. Yeah. Here's a great. side fun yeah. fact is that I was actually a professor because I, I teach sometimes in the online, ACU online, and she was in my class. Uh-oh. So <laughs> I'm just saying. A little conflict of interest there. Yeah. I mean, she got an A. Okay. I, mean. I, I didn't grade any of it though. Yeah. He didn't grade anything. So that takes two years? Uh, yeah, it's supposed to take three years, but at two years, I was like, I, I can't, I'm done being in grad school. So double me up. I'm like, let's double it. I'm just going to just give me, give me the rest of the work. Cause I got to be out of here. Whoa. And so I, I think I done in two and a half. I was just, I was done. We, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> and so we did, we I just doubled it up. That's not easy work. Yeah, it was great. It was really good, though. It was good. And I really enjoyed it. So my specialty, I, I did marriage and family therapy with an emphasis in uh, children and adolescents. Oh, so okay. my math degree also has an emphasis in secondary education. And so I got the math degree with like a tag on with the secondary ed. Yeah. Taught school for a while. Yeah. I taught at the kids' private school for a while. I taught math. I did that at the junior college, teaching yeah. a little bit. And so um, anyway, when I went back, I thought, I want a specialty in kids. That's really kids cool. Kids and teenagers. Like play therapy and stuff mm-hmm. like that, too. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So there's also all the hours after you get your degree that you've got to do. Did you Were you able to do that under Sean? or No. No, I had a supervisor, not Sean. Yeah. 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 But so... But she did do the hours here. At this, I did it at the counseling center. It. This okay. counseling yeah. center. So yeah. this was this had already started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so this let's started. talk about that. Yeah. Like, so let's get to that part. Yeah. So this was birthed out of the church, uh-huh. correct? Right. And started, and they helped. That was part of the vision. And initially, like with even just the call. Okay. Right. So we we moved here May of 2010, and. And so we were um, in one office. It was myself, one office um, off of Texas Avenue. And uh, we were there for, while this current place building that we we are in now was being built. And so, um, uh, praise God, there was an area, this this is a really God's timing. So we were over there, but even prior to coming down, while they were building this building, they were uh, this the the individuals uh, that were building this building was they were going to donate four of the or a portion of the building over to this new counseling ministry, and so um, they actually sent the blueprints down, and we was able to you know pencil in what what I thought was best, and by the time we got up here, it was built how we penciled in it in, wow. and it was a beautiful um, you know just example of how. God's timing is perfect. And so, but we still, I mean, it was still being built uh, for about eight months. So we were in one little office off of Texas Avenue. And so just myself. And so as we were praying, and this is the, you know, we, we were trying to dream big, even at the very beginning. Um, 
but we were thinking, man, wouldn't it be amazing if there was four or five therapists? That would just mm-hmm. that would be unbelievable to fill every single one of these offices yeah. uh, that we have right here. So, so it started in 2010, and probably by 2011, we added uh, a couple more contract therapists uh, to join the team, and so they would see five to 15 hours a week, and so that you know within a year we had uh, two or three therapists, um, and so just each year God continued to open up doors and. And the amazing thing is we, we never put it out there. We never did any uh, PR or, hey, we're looking for, you know, uh, counselors. Um, God would line them up at the right time. Mm. And so, you know, I became a, a supervisor for um, marriage and family therapist and a licensed professional counselor. So I had, uh, I'm a supervisor for both the license, which really helped attract uh, those individuals that were ready to come and, and finish out their 3,000 hours. So, I mean, it really it just continued to to progress. And so um, each, uh, every two or three years, we take one more office in this building. Um, and so now, actually, we own this building. And uh, we are we have twenty therapists, and uh, and we have three three admin uh, folks, and and so it's just amazing. Each step along the way, um, it, it has been amazing to see how God has opened up that door. It it is uh, we have a plan, we have a way, you know uh, that that we work it. But there is no part of this that is inspired by self. It's inspired. Yeah, all oh, just so orchestrated. Yep. Man, okay, so oh, I've got a lot of questions. All right, in the so are y'all still paid by the church? Still like, or, or is that part of it? I am. Okay, so I'm I'm still on staff. So I wear two. How I described, yeah, two hats in town. Right. Uh, one is is I'm the counseling and family life minister at the A and M church. Okay. Um, and I'm the clinical director at the A and M Christian Counseling Center. Okay. So that's how I describe it to people in the community. So the A&M Christian Counseling Center, who owns that? So that's that's a, a ministry under, under the under A&M Church. the mm-hmm. A&M Church, okay. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's ran by you uh-huh. to, to do that. Yep. And then all of the folks that are here, counselors anyway, they all are... Not employees, they're all contracted? Correct. Contract therapists. Okay. Mm-hmm. They just are able to office out of here Correct. And, and do it that way. Correct. Gotcha. Emily, so what is your hat to wear here? Are you just one of those? So here I am just a contract therapist too. Okay. That That's just... You just have office space here? I have, you... yeah, just like anybody else. So is that considered like you just have your own private practice? Is that kind of the way that... Yeah, well, we operate as a group, right? Right, but yeah, you're you're just you're you're just a contract therapist. But because we're a group, then we all like mutually share in the benefits of like the admins and and use of the copier. But like when you're billing, that. let's say, are you billing? We're billing as a group. Oh, and as a group, Got yeah. It. Okay, mm-hmm. so that kind of takes a little bit of pressure of your own business stuff, mm-hmm. like you, right? Okay, right. So they're. The admin is kind of billing your hours on when somebody comes in or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when they come in, they're not, they're coming to see you. They're not just waiting for the first available. They're, 
right. coming to they're coming to see that particular yeah, therapist right, 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 that's right. under the umbrella of A and M Christian Counseling. Gotcha. Okay. There's some of that. This is probably just semantics, but it's intriguing to me. So. Yeah. All right. Um, so out of that birthed another thing of what right. y'all are doing together. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. So and the story leading up to like what started that. So so you know as we would share our story with you know uh, individuals and e- even other churches you know we we go and we do workshops or uh, different retreats for different churches and they they would love the idea of having um, you know somebody on staff and somebody that is uh, ready to start a, you know a counseling center and to be available you know a, a trusted. Uh, counseling center individuals, uh, you know, where you could send anybody, you could send your kids, you could send, uh, you know, if somebody mm-hmm. is dealing with depression, anxiety, couple issues. So, so we started having more and more of these conversations and then Emily and I were like, you know, we ought to think about, uh, helping other churches, helping other organizations, you know, s- provide this type of, uh, resource. Yeah. Yeah, because at this point we'd already done our ten year plan, and we like check that, that two, box. <laughs> that was two thousand ten. We're yeah twenty three. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so then we were like, okay, what's the next thing we're gonna do? Like, there's probably a next thing. Mm. Well, then COVID happened, and so then we had all this like think tank time. Yeah. Together, and the counseling center didn't even close down for that long, but but for those two weeks that we were kind of at home, we were like, well, what are we gonna do now? What's our next thing? So we came up with the next thing. Um, and so we talked about how can we share this information? Like, look at how much this, the counseling center in general has just united our community, Mm. you know, because we don't, we don't all agree on church issues. We don't all agree on how worship should look like, but we all agree that people should feel better. And if they're struggling with mental health issues, let's unite on that. And so we found that that can be a uniting piece For people all across, everybody wants to feel better. You know, everybody wants to to get their people well, help. Especially in that time. Like we had mm-hmm. no idea mm-hmm. some of the fallout of what was happening in that, those moments early on. Right. So during COVID, Man. we started talking about what would it look like if, if we did the next thing? Hmm. So that's what we did. Yeah. yeah. So, so then, I mean, and, and the Lord actually brought... You know, the, the, you know, the people to us and started he asking. He always does. I know. It always happens that way. <laughs> and started asking those questions. How how can we do that here? Right. So this is um, this is right after we were we were saying, you know, we need to actually start our own company. So we started our own company uh, to be able to to reach out to uh, and, and serve churches and say, hey, um, we'd like to share our experience with you and actually help you get to this the spot in ministry in counseling ministry and setting up a counseling center. Mm. Um, we want to share, we want to be a resource for you. So we started a company and, um, so we worked with a church in, in Houston and helped them, uh, find a clinical director and set up, you know, help them set up the, the counseling center there, um, and help them understand what it means to have that integrated process with a church. So, so this counseling, the A&M Christian Counseling Center, it, 
it is its own acts as if it's its own entity, mm-hmm. um, and but is but is under the umbrella of of a ministry. And so, um, but we have churches, every church, um, every type of church that refers to us, uh, that that trust us. And so that's part of that community building, part yeah. of that benefit. So we helped in that structure, in that process, communication with that uh, church and counseling center in Houston. And then currently we're working with a church in uh, Waco hmm. um, to help them uh, set up what it looks like here's so we set up their whole counseling uh program um it's kind of like counseling center in a box yeah you know because okay you can learn from you know when we first got here and it's you know the mistakes that were made the you know okay we got to create we have to you know all that thing you can learn from that experience and then springboard off of it so your counseling center could get off much quicker And not trying to reinvent no. the wheel on right. a Correct. lot of other things. Yeah. Right. right. Okay. So is it a nonprofit business or is it a business for you so guys? Ours is a business. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got, it, yeah. got it. Got it. Yeah. Which, I mean, it makes sense. I just didn't know from right. a nonprofit standpoint. I just wanted to see how that works. Right. Okay. So, um, yeah. Walk me through, like, if, if a church leader is listening to this right now or elder, somebody that's real, oh, I want to bring that to my church. What does that look like for them to reach, like, talk through that process of a little bit more specifics? Yes. If you, if yeah, you yeah. So initially they could, so we have a website. Okay. It's called Envisioned. And I'll put that in the yeah. description of the podcast and everything. So yeah. And we're it. all about envisioning what this could be yeah. for you. Um, so Envision Counseling and Consulting. And we have a website, so they would contact us through the website and we would set up a meeting with them to be able to see like where where are you at what are what are you hoping to bring to your community how could we help you do that what does christian counseling look like um what kinds of 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 things do we offer because we do marriage retreats we do workshops we do we do lots of little things like that but then we also have this counseling center in a box that Mm -hmm. we could offer you as well where we can help you to set up something you know, and to help you find a counseling center director to have what A&M has in your town. And um, so that's that's how that would start out. And just with a Zoom call conversation about kind of what their needs are, what drove them to reach out, what are their goals? Yeah, I, and I think understanding a part of those first, that uh, first call or two is really focused about uh, on um is this something that is part of the heart of the church? Um, because that that is a really important aspect. Right. Uh, because it's going to take some investment, uh, changing, altering, um, you know, to a lot of sacrifice uh, mm-hmm. to say this is this is worth it. You know, we we're invested in youth ministry, we're invested in children's ministry, um, we're invested in counseling ministry. And so if, if that is a, you know, that's one thing that we walk through, is this something that you feel like is something that really reaches deep within, um, the core of who you are as a church and church family? And is that what the, this community needs, uh, right now, as you alluded to coming out of COVID, uh, it is, it is something that we would, man, just highly encourage any and all to say, do you have your people trusted people yeah. to go to? Who 
like what are the some of the sacrifices? Well, like if you're looking at a church, talking to them about that, and you start having that conversation, just to kind of for people that are listening right now to kind of knock aside some of the things because you know a lot of churches are suffering just from a financial standpoint, and they'll immediately just go, "Wow, we can't do that." Is it all just that, or like, yeah? So, what are some of the, what are some of those, um, yeah, the sacrifices? I, I would say most definitely one of the most pressing is going to be the financial, yeah. uh, just because. From what standpoint on that? You're adding another uh, minister. Okay. That's going to be focused. So, so that is a part of it. Is you yes. are saying this person is a minister of this church, and their office is going to be not. Hey, our church is just going to let a counselor office out of our church. Right. So, so how we've, you know, and, and it depends on, again, what Probably the church is okay. looking for. Because, okay. uh, you know, one of the churches um, could look for just a clinical director to run that counseling ministry mm. and has less of a um, minister, a minister yeah. input. So, I, I have, I do. Uh, the number we always throw, throw around is 70, 30, 80, 20, meaning that 20 to 30% is ministry. Mm. So I teach classes, we teach classes together and we do workshops there. And yeah. so that's part of the ministry side. But uh, th there has been, um, you know, one of the churches that we've worked with is um, they just wanted a clinical director with that person that is paid from the church. Okay. Um, but it, everything else is, you know, that's the, that's the counseling center in a box is that the hope is, is that it becomes self-sustaining. So everything yeah. except for the, the, the clinical director, right? So that, that is the financial sacrifice and it's, um, it's over a period of time, you know, we've thrown out two to four years until you can really get a system that's self-sustaining. Mm -hmm. So there is a little bit more of a financial sacrifice of, and you got to stay in the game yeah. until it's self-sustaining and knowing that, that, you know, God is going to allow for that to, to be something for the community, not only for our people, but for our community. Um, th that's something I, I love about where we are right now at the A&M Christian Counseling Center, if somebody comes to me at church and says, man, I really, I'm struggling. Um, the great thing is I'm like, um, call tomorrow. We're, we're going to get you. Mm. Um, and so the Lord has, you know, given us 20 counselors here yeah. where, where we're able to get people in fast. So it's taken us 13 years to get here. Right. Yeah. So it, it didn't take 13 years to become self-sustaining, but you have to stay in the game until. Right. But how incredible it is for, for us to think about having these, you know, these go-to therapists that are Christ-focused or trusted right. individuals um, that can work with couples, that can work with individuals, that can work with kiddos. I mean, how vital is that, yeah. you know, to, to experience that? So, you know, that's something where sometimes we, for good reason, you know, get into the sacrifice. What, what is that going to mean? But, you know, for those that are, are listening to envision, mm. uh, what, what God can do in that community, what doors, uh, the number of doors that are open for, I mean, the number of businesses that, that we've been able to talk 
into a um, number of churches that those relationships that are sweet and right um, that have, you know, built bridges where a lot of in the past I've been burned. Right. And so it's, it's been a, a, even along those lines, it's been a sweet journey to see what God continues to do. So that's part of the encouragement is there's a financial sacrifice, but man, we've seen so many benefits uh, in this process. Yeah. So like when a person at church comes and, and with it being part of the A&M church, like if a member, or is that a, it's not a free thing, but is, is some of that on a slide scale deal? Like if it, yeah. if they can't, I don't know, I'm just, I've got so many questions in my head right now. I'm trying to make <laughs> sense of them. All. I mean, that's the first thing that comes like, you know, whoever, Gerald comes up and was like, man, I'm just really struggling. Well, Gerald got out of prison two years ago, barely can hold a job and, you know, whatever. But he's at he's at church every Sunday and trying to just do what's right or whatever. What does that look like? Because it is part of the church's ministry. Is that a, yeah, go, I don't know. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So we operate on a sliding scale just in general okay. for everybody. Okay. Right. And and so we have prices set based on their reported income. But then we also if if Gerald, yep. you know, needs extra help, then we have scholarship fund. Um, the other thing is maybe the benevolence ministry at whatever mm -hmm. church that Gerald yeah. goes to. Right. We have um, we have it set up with different churches where they can sponsor mm. Whoever so they would good. like to sponsor, and we have so systems good. in place to be able to do that. So, if a church, not our home church, they can call in yeah. and say, "Hey, I would like to sponsor, you know, this this particular individual." Then we have them fill out the necessary paperwork. We have the consent from the individual and all the necessary forms, and then we can set that up so that people that they see in their own home congregations that do need just an extra little help up. Yeah. They have an avenue to help them with professional counseling. Yeah. Because there there's a time for professional counseling and then there's a time for pastoral counseling. Right. And sometimes those those pastors refer over. Right. You know, when it when it gets too just heavy yeah, for them. Yeah. That's the part that I I keep coming back to from, you know, just the the part of pastoring some pastors in my ministry mm -hmm. is I, I hear a lot from people that I can pastor people well, but then there gets to this line that I know is out of my reach, but I keep going there because I don't have a resource that's trusted to say, you know, and so they overstep their bounds, which isn't in a lot of ways it's good because they're wise people. They discern well and all those things, but they do overstep their bounds on the professional side and not in a harmful way, but it's like they, they just don't know. They they don't have the resources and tools to keep doing, and but they do, because I don't want to just send them to Joe Schmo's place, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's not a trusted place, and I want them to be. They're part of my flock. They're part of my, and I want them to be well taken care of. So that's a whole nother thing that I'm. I've been ever since Michael shared it with me. Like I'm so intrigued on what y'all are doing, and knowing that this is here. But what y'all are doing for other churches mm -hmm. is is so 
so really special because, and I love the <clears throat> the partnering with other churches and, and trying to make resources and businesses and stuff as well, because you, you also have whoever, Cindy, with her two kids, she's a single mom. She is making it, and maybe her slide skill is in bounds or whatever, but her work is like, I just know she is struggling so hard with these kids and blah, 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 and we just want her to come at no cost, and they can partner with you guys to help. That's amazing. So, okay, what am I mi- I'm missing something, I know, because I've got 100 questions in my head trying to work through that. So right now, um, like, let's go to Houston, because that's all been done and established, mm-hmm. and or not established, but they're in the phase of establishment. Are they um, – yeah, that's one of the questions. So is it is it going to happen usually in the churches? Are they saying, are, are you guys suggesting, I would find a place to rent, lease outside of the church building to do this? So Yeah, that's, that's our recommendation yeah. always. And that's what our setup is, is we're... Um, not on on church on the church campus, yep. and so the church down in Houston is not on the church campus, okay. and we we highly recommend that. Uh, we know that there's uh, some of the counseling ministries and uh, that are actually at the church, and, yep. and it, it works. Uh, but that's one of our what we've seen and what we rec- recommend is that there is a separate place. Um, Does that come from anything on your recommendation? Yeah. Well, I mean, part of it is. Um, you know, there's going to be some people that that are are hurting and broken, and they don't care where it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is going to be uh, quite a few folks that do care. Um, they don't want to come to their their church uh, if somebody sees them. And so, confidentiality yeah. is so important, yeah, and such a vital uh, part of of that therapeutic, not only therapeutic relationship, but also uh, just this therapeutic environment, right? Um, and so, having it away uh, from from the church, and and I think it opens up. It also opens up doors for the community. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's the part that I was, I figured was probably it. Right. It's like, I mean, there's people that are, that may come seeking Christian counseling or at least what they might see that as being safe, but they've been hurt by the church or something. And that's so right. then, yeah. And, and they, you know, for whatever, you know, their, their past background, they've been hurt by various churches um, and, and that might be the, you know, our church might be the one that, uh, you know, has hurt them in the past, right, That's right. um, but they might be willing to come to a different building to receive mm-hmm. professional Christ focused counseling. Right. Yeah. And so you want to r- remove as many barriers, yep. uh, if there are, right. remove as many barriers, barriers as you can. And I think it just sends a message that it's for the whole community. It's a neutral place. It's nobody's on nobody's church campus. It's just it's for everyone. And and I think that's the theme that we want to portray is this is for everybody. And this is a place where anybody can come that wants to receive Christian counseling. Yeah. Um, yeah. With no. And even no that, ties. like that piece is usually in your recommendation, too, is like, yeah, we're going to keep the Christian part in there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and that's, uh, I mean, we have uh, folks that come that, um, uh, tell us, please don't mention God. Don't bring up Jesus. Yeah. And, and we say, sounds great. Yeah. And so we, we continue to walk 
beside them, love on them as we need to provide, you know, professional counseling. The interesting piece about that is almost every time uh, when they've attempted everything they can and there's still something missing, they come Mm -hmm. back and say, can we talk about that Jesus thing? Mm. And so it it provides, even though we're loving them and respecting them uh, intensely th- through that, um, we won't bring it up until they bring it up. Yeah, and, it, and then it's it's part of their journey now. It's part of where they want to go. Yeah, and so this a place like this provides that. Yeah, and I had a guy. This has been years ago now. That was part of our ministry. Um, had gone on a weekend and. And a part of his was like, I just didn't want to go to the Christian counselors because I was afraid they was going to pray with me every time we finish the session or whatever. And I'm like, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> you right. know? But he was just, I don't want them praying over me and I, because it was an uncomfortable thing because of a lot of wounding and that's his right. childhood and things like that. He was like, I don't want that. I'm like, that's not what that means. <laughs> it doesn't mean there's going to be, let's, let's pray before we begin and mm-hmm. let's do a closing prayer. It's not <laughs> a church service. So um, that's really good. So in this building right now, so as far as y'all's business, that is, that's a, that's out of, out of the house type of deal. It's right. not a formal yeah, that's just separate and apart. storefront type mm-hmm. deal, but here in College Station. And so um, the recommendation, I want to kind of go back to that. So churches just reach out to you guys. You set up the initial consultation and, and start that. What does that process look like for a church lengthwise of, kind of that initial conversation to you guys finally push the boat off and let them sail. What does that time frame look like? Well, I, I think that's different for d- d- every church. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What, what the, who they are. Um, and, and so it, it can, you know, it's, it's hard to give a, a time frame, but a, you know, a year and a half, is is about that time frame. Um, we uh, the current one we set the counseling up, uh, counseling center up, pretty fast. And so okay. now now we're in the phase of, okay, so now we're trying to find a, a clinic director for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, part of it is is so y'all are even y'all are guiding them through that process. Too. Absolutely. All yep, of it. Because part of it is you know in this field each you know each field has its unique uh, requirements you know credentials mm. and what what you what you're looking for oh, that's language. Right. Yeah. And so again, but you guys can help provide that because right. eldership wouldn't know. Right. Unless they so, get somebody on staff. Maybe. So so if they were to throw out LPCS and LMFTS, you know, like what. What language are we talking about here? Yeah. Um, and so it's just like any other field. So it's, you know, we um, help them, you know, we're contacting people, bringing them in, having meetings with, you know, the uh, the, the elders and yeah. and saying, okay, so, you know, where do you land? How, how can you line up well? Uh, is this a good fit? Is this not a good fit? Um, you know, do you have the required uh, skill set to take this where they're wanting to go, where the individual wants to go, and the church wants to go? Is that lining up? So as we've walked through uh, this process here at the AM Church and watched other uh um, churches attempt to go through this. We've learned a lot from them, and so we're very careful and and uh, in, ensure that they know what they're getting on both sides. Yeah, because it is a marriage, and so you have to walk beside each other in a very careful and wonderful way. And so, are y'all 
kind of boots on the ground too? Mm-hmm. Or y'all, and how often are y'all like in that? And, and from the get go, and you're like, hey, I think this is kind of a fit. I think we really want to kind of go after this thing. Are y'all weekly? I mean, how often? Like, what kind of? So I would say I'm more boots on the ground. Okay. As far as as Meeting with like folks. the details mm-hmm. and and getting things set up. Okay. And 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 make, ensuring that we like can get a startup going. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're meeting with on site with church leaders and elders, mm-hmm. whoever needs to be in that meeting and starting right. a conversation mm-hmm. like once a week. Or yes. Multiple yeah. Yeah. Times or, a week it, or it depends. Like in the beginning, there's a lot of setup that has to be done, and then the machine just starts kind of running. Got right. It. And then there's tweaking that has to be done, or there's counselors that need to be hired, and and so it just depends. It's it, it's a commitment. It's it's about a year and a half to your commitment yeah. to to get that machine going and, and, but in the beginning, in the initial stages, there's a lot of work. So you're like the church in Waco, are mm-hmm. they in the early stages, mid stages? Probably the mid stages, yeah, mid say. to late stages. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So we, like how often you're, do y'all meet with them? Well, well, your boots on the ground. So Emily, that's yeah, yeah. I would say there's, there's phone and video conversations weekly okay. all the time. And then I drive into Waco. Okay. I drive into Waco uh, about five times a month. Okay. I will drive into Waco and spend the day there. And you're visiting. And then it's on as needed too. So if I had to drive into Waco more than that, I also do that. And so when you're driving in, you're meeting with the counselors that are already kind of there? The counselors that are there, any kind of church leadership, if there needs to be a meeting, as well as seeing clients out there. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yep. And setting up their rooms. So you're also seeing clients and mm-hmm. meeting with folks there too. Right. Yeah. So, Man. and if more needs to be done, I mean, you know, because it's kind of like a, as you grow up, sometimes there's right. less, sometimes there's more some yeah. weeks. So if there's more things to be done, then I'm back in Waco again. Yeah. So it's a commitment to, I drive back and forth to Waco plenty. <laughs> and, it's such a nice drive though. Because right. It is, it is beautiful. There's just, there's not a lot of traffic and. Yeah, my car knows where to go now. Yeah, there's a, a love, there's a part of this that part of our heart and part of the vision of this and is training up the next generation of, yeah. of counselors. Yeah, yeah. So that was one of the main reasons why uh, I became a supervisor of both license of LPCs and LMFTs um, is is to, to make sure, because you can just... Um, have a degree and you can have a theory and you can practice, uh, but to really integrate. And so we, we do focus on really understanding what it means to integrate psychology and theology. We really want to integrate what it means to be a high, highly professional, highly ethical, uh, understanding all the, what it means to take to stay in this field, yeah. um, therapist of self, you know, mm. uh, what does that do within you? How are you, you know, uh, creating healthy boundaries, you know, emotionally, yeah. um, physically, spiritually. So that's part of the process of what we do too, is we go to a place and, and so I'm supervising one of, one of the counselors, that, um, uh, that's there. And so bringing up, uh, the next generation of counselors is a very strong uh, heart piece for us. Um, and, and not only that, but also, you know, part of what we're about to launch is um, 
making sure that we uh, bring up the next generation of clinical directors. So what we're encouraging folks that are coming in and um, to work with us so that we can build you up to be a clinical director somewhere, to be able to, to jump into that place and feel competent where you can keep those ethical standards, uh, yeah. state standards, and but really to, to be able to supervise and walk beside therapists that are coming up. Because mm. here at this clinic, we have you know, we have student therapists that are, you know, getting their hours before they graduate their, with their masters. Yep. We have those that are have the associate, which is that temporary license, um, three thousand hours before they full have full licensure. So, you know, the process is a beautiful process of making sure that um, that once they leave, especially if somebody, you know, this program that we're starting is once they end this program of learning how to become a clinical director is they're going to leave with an, a great understanding of what it's going to take. Hmm. So that's our next baby. So we have, you know, we, we have these goals that we, we try to accomplish and then check the box. Yeah. So our next baby that we're currently working on is a pilot program to train up clinical directors. Like, hmm. what does it look like to be a clinical director? What's the, is that something you'd want to do? Do you have the skill set? Do you... Like know what you're going to step into before you stepped into it. And then hopefully that will create a pool for us to be able to pull from so that we can marry that with a church yeah. where we already have, so. we've already walked beside these people for a year or two. Yeah. So then we know what the church needs yeah. and we have this pool of people. Of those people. Yeah. That's and right. then we can wow. bring them together so that that's an even easier transition. And those people in that program would already know all the stuff that we've walked through. So they'd be ready to jump in at a church. It's like, we're, we're taking away those three years, you know, when you're not, you're still learning everything. Yeah. It's like, we're taking those three years on. So when they jump in with a church, they're just ready to work. They already know the system. Mm. They already have all the information. So they would be able to just keep running with that clinical, with that, with that um, clinic. So that's so good. Because I, I feel like the heart behind Sean and I is, you, you know, you have these kids, right? And, and you're in your 20s or your 30s or whatever, and, and you're not quite sure what you're embarking on. But part of our job as parents is to just pour into them so that they can just be that closer to God than we were. And hopefully our generation before pushed us yeah. to be that much closer because we're all on this journey just trying to get back. Yeah. to that sweet spot with the Lord. And so we spent all this time and energy pouring into our children so that they could pour into their next generation and then yep. the next generation, right? And so we we thought, okay, how can we take that model and then put it over to counseling? That's so good. Well, first off, we can have a place where counselors can learn from our mistakes, mm -hmm. right? This is what we didn't do great in our marriage. This is what in business we didn't do great. This is where we really messed up. And these are the things that we did really well at. So learn from our mistakes. So you don't have to, you can see that pothole and go, oh, wait, the boroughs talked about that pothole. I'm going around it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, if, if we can do that. So so we want to do that with counselors. Now we want to start to do that with clinical directors, with churches. Like, how can we pour into the next part? Because we're here for a very short time. Uh, this isn't yeah. forever. Right. Right. We're all on this on this time clock where it's, it's, it's going to end. So what are we going to do now? Yeah. What do you do now when you have your health, when you have you have resources? How do we pour into the next generation? Because if we're not doing that, what, yeah. what are we doing? Yeah. We're just living for us. That's so temporary. I've always 
use that, uh, use the analogy with my kid and other people too, even in ministry too. It's like, I want my, my ceiling to be your floor. Love that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, because all you're doing is you're stacking and building the next Mm -hmm. level. And I I don't want you to start on my floor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, that's just not, that's not a, I know where that is and that that's been a little messy. So at least start on my ceiling can Mm -hmm. be your floor. You're going to still have some mess that Mm -hmm. you got to walk through, Mm -hmm. but then your kids will start that your ceiling will be their floor. And And I think that gives hope for anybody wherever they're at, because it, it, we don't all have to have the same ceiling and the same floor. Right. But even if you're coming into this and you think, oh, man, I what have I done? My kids have experienced this trauma. They, yeah, but just start. That's right. Start Some, some people's somewhere. ceilings are 10 feet tall. Mine were five feet. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's okay. But but then you can know, you know, and you look at the examples in the Bible of how God just took ordinary people mm-hmm. and he said, okay, I'm going to give you this gift and yep. then you're going to. You're going to create your ceiling. If we yep. use that analogy, right. you're going to create your ceiling and, and you're going to work harder. And then your kids can start there and they're going to create. Yep. And and I feel like that's how generationally we can pour into the community yeah. well, in the future. Another reason I, you know, I, I see therapy as one of those wonderful, beautiful things is it does help. Um, yeah. Reframe your room a little bit so that mm-hmm. your floor is a little bit higher. I mean, your ceiling is a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Um and, and I feel like for so long when I ain't going to see no shrink, I ain't, you know, what, blah, 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 all the things that became with that. Well, that just, it just put your floor, your ceiling and your floor is the same thing. Yeah. You know, there's no, and, and sometimes we demolished this floor and went back a generation, you know, and right. lost a lot of footing. And, um, it's, it's why those, my friends that are marriage and family therapists, they're, they're just dear to me because they're doing a good work. Um, and I had a question as you were talking and I lost it cause I started talking about floors and ceilings. <laughs> yeah, I lost it. I don't know. Go ahead. Well, I, I would even say that, you know, as, as individuals or churches or whoever is considering, I was going to go down that trail of therapy or providing a, a counseling ministry that can be pretty overwhelming. It can be like, man, there's no way that we could do that. And, and there's a lot of fears that can jump in there. Um, and so I, I just want, want to alleviate that fear that, you know, there, there is something unique about what God is doing here, mm-hmm. not necessarily here at this counseling center, but here in this, in this world of, of therapy and where Jesus is truly the answer. Um, when you integrate those two, yeah. um, it, there is something special about what we can do with that. And so to alleviate, like, I don't know if we could, we can't integrate that or, you know, is the church supposed to be in that area? Absolutely. We are. Yeah. Um, so just to not only, and what it not only provides is a, is a counseling center, but a presence to every time that you're at, you know, at church that you're teaching a class on mental health, mm. the dark areas of our life, right? How can we, uh, begin a ministry and honestly we have seen that again this is god's leading such a transparency at the a m church there is testimonies is so and good. conversations yeah. and talking about anxiety and my story and journey with anxiety where um 
you know, in, in the first few years, that was not part of our, our story. Right. And so as God captured this idea of, of transparency and openness, going to counseling is an okay thing, not forever, but to get me out of the yeah. pit. Right. And, and then follow Jesus in this, in this, uh, on this journey that that world of, of transparency in our church is really amazing. Yeah. Um, because that's what, I think that's what God has opened up in, in this ministry, the counseling ministry is that it is a ministry of transparency. That, that's it. Well, and, in and vulnerability, right? So right. that vulnerability and transparency, I don't think you can brush up against people. Like if, if you're at that church and there are people at that church that are doing this. They're going to counseling. Yeah. For a brief time. Like I just, I had a massive panic attack. I got to figure out what's going on. I go and see my counselor for a couple of months, three months, right. whatever, to figure out what's going on there. You can't brush up against people that are being vulnerable and transparent and not become that way yourself. Even if you go to counseling or not, hmm. there's a transparency that rubs off on people because it's the me too part. Like all of a sudden, Sean just, man, Sean's been talking about the problems him and Emily have been having, and he's so open about that. Why would he do that? Like he's talking about, you know, like they hadn't talked to each other, and why would he be so open? And all of a sudden, I can start talking about it because I thought I was the only one that, I was, I thought I was the only one that did that. And all of a sudden, that powerful word of me too breaks down tons of walls mm -hmm. because. I'm not the only one. I thought I was the only sick, twisted person that went off on his daughter and yelled at her and did blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. Me too. I did that too. And he breaks down. But that's creating an atmosphere and an environment of transparency and vulnerability. You brush up against it. But you did read my mind and what I was thinking about. So... I see like when you guys are talking about equipping these clinical directors and going into, you know, it makes everything easier because I felt like what that does is it advances a lot of kingdom things and what that church, like if they're saying, Hey, Emily, Sean, I want to start this process at our church. Well, the further you guys get along and equipping people to skip the potholes and all that stuff, all of a sudden helps coming a whole lot faster to that church. Mm -hmm. And it's not taking that two years. They're getting it done in eight months because, Hey, we've already got our bullpen of clinical directors. We know who's for y'all. Uh, he is, he grew up in inner city. Y'all are an inner city church. He understands your people. Boom. Here he yes. is. He's trusted. He's vetted and he's through, trained and he's trained <laughs> and he knows how to come in there, take it and roll. And we'll send some people and all the things and that's that was my point a while ago is it it advances real quick the movement that God's doing through you guys right. and that's really cool to to think about the advancement of you know when you guys are thinking ahead and and planning these new boxes to check off of mm -hmm. what's next is that's cool and i would stuff. encourage churches or businesses or community center, any, anybody that's thinking about doing Christian counseling or doing something like yeah. this, just call. It, it's a phone call. It's yeah. not, you're not signing up for something. You're, yeah. you're, we would love to like, listen to what dreams you have yeah. or like, is this possible? Cause it might feel very much out of reach. It's kind of like when we were in Abilene the first time with our bowling pin, something mm -hmm. like this 
felt way out of reach. Right. I couldn't even, this wasn't even a thought on the brain at that point. But who knows what God might do with that little seed that you started. So yeah. have the conversation. And then that conversation might take you to another conversation or it might take you to another little, little trail that yeah. maybe you didn't even realize was out there. Um, or even just talking with you guys in just a simple conversation and visiting a couple of times or let's visit for a month about things may open up the heart of your church not being about this, mm-hmm. but this. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they're getting a little bit of counseling just by having a conversation with y'all because all you're trained to listen and see bits and pieces of what you're talking about. And if I'm talking to you, I, can, I could talk all over the place but you guys are trained to listen to those pieces and put some of them together. You you guys aren't, your heart's not counseling. Your heart is a food pantry, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So if y'all are That's looking right. to spend resources and what the heart of your, it's not this, we would love to help you do that, but your heart's not that. And that that's yeah. a beautiful thing too, is being able to provide some counseling and therapy for churches. So, yeah, Envision is not a multi-level marketing company. Y'all are not. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Y'all are not gonna no. get them on the. No. It's just all right here. <laughs> not gonna get them on the on the. Uh, no. The email. There's no subscription <laughs> plan. Subscription. There's none of that. Just me Y'all and Sean. Do a box <laughs> that they every month they get a little counseling box package. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll work on that. Man, I, not. I've, I've do have a thousand other questions, but uh, I want to continue to honor all your time and things like that. Anything else you, you guys want to add to to our conversation on where you've been, what you're doing, what you see next for you? I would even a, a call out to um, churches, organizations. I mean, whoever is considering one of the, the, the sayings that I say in couple therapy all the time is healthy me, healthy we. And, Mm. um, I have to have to ensure that, that when I'm coming to a place where I'm interacting with somebody, uh, that I have to understand that I have to work on myself spiritually, emotionally. So that's part of this process too, is that you might, I mean, churches unfortunately go through a lot of very hurt, um, traumatic situations. And so, you know, that's another part we would just encourage to make sure that, uh, as you're, as you're leading your church individually, are you a healthy me? Hmm. Um, because that, that creates, if, if you have a lot of individuals that are healthy me's and it, it almost sounds, uh, selfish, but you have to, for you to bring, uh, a discerning, God spirit filled, um, opinion, like you have to have the junk in your life that you're either working on or that you've resolved. Um, and and so just to encouragement that, I mean, that's part of what we do as well is, is this a a healthy system? Mm. Is this, is this a, a good timing for you? Uh, how is the us doing? in leadership and in churches and businesses. And so, you know, just, you know, to have somebody come and say, you know, this, because going right along with what you said, this, this isn't a good time for you guys. 
this is not a good ministry. It sounds like your heart, God's opened up another door for you. And so there's some, some wonderful pieces about that that resolves that, I wonder if we need to do this, that, that resolves that and closes that door and allows for you to focus on the one door of ministry that God's called you and that church to do. So, you know, you can't get to that point, or it seems really difficult to get to that point if you're not really the healthy me in order to create this healthy we in an organization, in a system. And and if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I'm really healthy, I would encourage you to ask somebody. Like, find somebody that's in in the next um, life level. So, like, if you are a college student, don't ask another college student if you're doing well. Ask somebody that's married. Ask somebody that has a child or two. Get to know them. Let them mentor you. And then ask them, how do you think I'm doing? Do you think I'm doing okay? Do you do you see some growth opportunities for me? Because I think that if if individuals, like Sean is saying, if individuals all around could allow other people to be part of their system and part of their life and let them know the true, true them on the inside, maybe we'll figure out that we all are broken. Mm. All of us have something. Yeah. And like, how can we help each other? Because we all have different gifts, different yeah. abilities. And and maybe maybe that ability connects with this ability. Okay, now I, I can grow from that. And maybe your gift connects with my gift. Now I can grow. And so if we're all we, we have to be transparent to do that. Yeah. We we can't just say, Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. 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 Church after church after church. Mm-hmm. I'm doing good. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah. You can't be doing good every single week, week after week, because we live on the earth. And we have problems. Yeah. We all have problems. Yeah. A good friend of mine says, if a counselor doesn't have a counselor and a pastor doesn't have a pastor, they ain't healthy. Right. And and that's just, you know, un- unfortunately, undeniably true, because you have to have your inner circle of mm-hmm. who you're seeking. And, and I would say from a professional standpoint as well, just making sure that you've got somebody checking in on you and looking at you and saying... I'm looking in your eyes. I don't know if you're good or not, you know, and, or am I, you think I'm good? Cause I don't feel good, <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's really good. Thank you guys. Absolutely. Both of you yeah. for taking time out of your crazy multi leveled lives of all the things you've got going on. The more you talked, I was like, it's a lot going on uh, to do this. So thank you both very, very much. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. For you. Having us. You're welcome.